Welcome to our Healing the Masculine segment of the Cosmic Collective podcast. This series is all about diving into conversations with incredible guests surrounding healing as a man in a society that has taught them not to feel, as well as how to balance the masculine energy within us all, regardless of gender or sex. This series was requested by our male listeners, and I am so proud and honored to be able to hold this space and connect with these incredible male leaders in our community to help shed insight on emotional and spiritual healing of men from a man's perspective. Healing the wounded masculine energy that has affected society and everyone in it is a collaborative effort. These episodes are dedicated to our male listeners with equal hopes that our female and non-binary audience also take time to digest these episodes to learn more on how we can support the men who are healing during this pivotal time. So let's dive in to Healing the Masculine. Hello, everybody. I am So excited. We are finally here with this series on breaking down all of the healing for men and the masculine energy. And I am so excited to be joined for this conversation by Luca Reedy. He's back again here on the podcast. And Luca is a breakthrough coach and therapist. And I'm really excited to chat with him about healing as a man his perspectives on going from boyhood to manhood, and how to break free of wounded masculine ideologies. So welcome back to Mm. the podcast, Luca. What a good conversation. Thank you for having me, Mads. My pleasure. I'm so ready too. I want to start off by kind of getting to know your journey of healing from the wounded masculine and getting into the healed masculine, that divine masculine energy archetype. Can you talk to me a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, a really big journey it doesn't happen overnight I guess for anyone listening it's definitely been through a matter of like trials and tribulations of like I'm ready to quit this bullshit and revert Mm -hmm. back to old old patterns to know this is the best thing ever like it's it's definitely been a journey I'll definitely say that but I wouldn't say that um I'm completely there and I don't think anyone should ever feel like they're at a destination especially on their healing journey like it's a it's an ever it's a it's a multiple lifetime type kind of thing absolutely yeah right like yeah yeah, I'm not definitely portraying an enlightened being here but I've definitely I'm definitely a man compared to who I was and you know what it means to be a man is definitely the conversation we want to have here because so many people identify as a man but are still little boys you know deep down Yeah, absolutely. Age has nothing to do with manhood. So no, that's, I love that. It has nothing. And, you know, I think about this in my life in particular, as a man, you know, I grew up with no father figure. And so my perception of what it means to be a man was never given to me. I had to create Mm -hmm. it or I had to look, look in other people for it. And so my father, he was a drug addict, a heroin addict, went to jail for armed robbery, was mixed up in gangs, which is just mm. wounded masculine all over it. Yeah. Uh, my, and then he left my mom and then my mom was a single mother raising me. She had to go and make some money. So she went away to work. Then I was raised by my grandfather, which was probably one of the biggest blessings in my life because okay. he was a military man. So he was very disciplined. And right. so he used to like wake us up from at five 30 in the morning <laughs> And I was running on the beach for four and a half kilometers before school. Wow. And the type of like discipline where he said to me, you know, you, you're not allowed to stop. If you stop, I'll kick you up the ass and keep going. And so I feel like right. that is the opposite end of the scale of from what my father was, right? Right. It's like two polarities almost. Exactly. And so what I've, you know, come to realize as I've gotten older is, you know, when you're younger, you're like, oh my God, you know, this is my grandfather. I'm like, oh, I hate I hate my grandfather, blah, 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 you know, as you sure. are as a kid, but you yeah. respect him so deeply and I respect him so much. And he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but, you know, oh. I respect him so deeply in my life because of what he's given me, but that didn't last for long. So, okay. you know, I, he passed away when I was about nine or 10 and I was living oh. with him at the time. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. It's a, it was a part of life and I've come to realize that, you know, but for many years it was heartbreak for me because- I then had to go and live with my mum's new partner okay. who was a drunk alcoholic and was we lived in a domestic violent household. So it was like pretty a pretty colourful uh, childhood. Yep. And tumultuous and violent. And yeah, the 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 male figures there were literally 
not the most ideal except for my grandfather um okay. and he gave me he gave me an idea of like a guiding light so to speak as a as a young teenage boy and going into adulthood but i still wow. didn't know what what it means to be a, a man i still didn't learn what it meant to be like in a healthy masculine way yeah well especially because you lost your grandfather in childhood so you're still a boy which you should yeah. be at 9 years old and so going through puberty you wouldn't have had this ideal masculine structure to look up to not at all and you know i despise my stepfather for that because you know yeah. i always wanted my dad and i never saw the bad side of my dad until probably 5 years ago to be honest my real dad because i never grew up wow. with him and he went to jail and did all that and wasn't in my life until i was about 18 and then we had a huge falling out and okay. he threatened me physically and he's a big guy and he's you know covered in tats done jail time yeah. We had an altercation and I was like, I don't know if I want to be around you. And I'm starting to see why everyone's saying don't be around this guy. Right. And, and he threatened me and was like, you need to give me money, basically. Long story short. And then we stopped talking for 10 years. Right. And then this crazy, crazy scenario happened. And I'll give you this. I'm giving you this backstory to sort of paint the picture of where I've come from. Absolutely. The colors that I've had to work with here but mm -hmm. he ended up coming back into my life through this weird series of events and synchronicities where after 10 I'd pretty much signed him off and been like I'm never going to talk to him again when I was about 28 my his brother died and the police tried to call my auntie who I'm very close with his sister okay. but she didn't pick up so he called they called my dad and my dad got back in touch with my family after 10 years of being exiled Oof. And that started to bring him back into our lives. And I thought, you know what? I've just started my healing journey. So I was like, oh, this could be good. Right. Hopefully him optimistic. Yeah, hopefully. Right. I <laughs> yeah. brought him back into my life. I started to get to know him. I actually had a phone call with him. You know, he asked my auntie, he's like, can I, have a, can I speak to Luca? And she's like, well, I'll ask him. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'll talk to him. And I got on the phone. The first thing I said is like, look, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to worry. I'm sorry that, you know, you've gone through the things that you've gone through, but it is what it is. And I'm thankful that you've been in my life and, and the things that have come from it. And I just started to go through that sort of resolution process yeah. of healing. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big moment for me. But, you know, shortly, sure, sure enough, he went back into his old ways, Mads. And, you know, yeah. we don't have this contact. And Danielle met him and he, you know, was hope, hopeful for me. But then eventually he just sort of slipped back into his ways and manipulated and was getting drunk and, and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, you know what? Oh. Pretty good without a dad now. Yeah. And so, Unfortunately. I, don't think I need you here. And so yeah. I was, I had to make that decision where I was like, nah, this is it. He's, you know, I think for me, he, even though he's still alive, he has actually been dead for a long time in my life. Oh, I understand that. I understand that. Understand That's, that. yeah, I have a very similar relationship with my biological mother. So, yes, I, uh, no yeah. contact for about the same amount of time. So, yeah, I, I get what you mean. They're like, not that they might as well be dead. I don't want to wish that or say that, but it's just, it's the relationship is dead. Yeah. That's the place that they have in your, in, inside you, right? Yeah. And, and you have to grieve it too, right? Oh like, yeah. And it's almost, I find, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's almost like harder to grieve them because they are alive and they could change and they could be different, but you all, you're always wishful. You're always oh, wishful. Yeah. Even you're that like, small percent. Yeah. You're like, man, man, just like, yeah. what if? Because there is a potential in them that you can see because they are blood and you're like, you know what, there is, he's a, he's a good man deep down. And I honestly yeah. believe, that, but he has got so much shit caked on him that he can't be that person. No, exactly. And that's one of the good things about going on this journey is like finding that forgiveness for them and for yourself. Because I think the greatest thing you can do if anyone's listening to this who has a similar experience to me and you here, mm -hmm. where they just want to have that relationship, need that relationship, but can't, and basically have declared the relationship over with that biological parent, you have to uh, stop doing this to yourself where you wish for them to be better or different in your mind and yeah. just give them that opportunity and that space in your mental space. It's like, this, this never going to be the case. No. And there's, you can't, you can forgive them until you're blue in the face and tell them you love them and that you accept where they are. And that still will never be enough for them to change because they, and you can attest to this, I'm sure having gone through this healing process. And I know I can myself is like, you don't change unless you want to yeah. deep down for yourself. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah. Yeah. And that you know, it's it's a it's it's interesting that two of my father figures were both addicts. Yeah, that's an interesting cycle. Like mm. karmically speaking, like energetically, I find that quite interesting, just from yeah. a soul perspective. Yeah. Do and you, so, keep sorry, going. Sorry. I was just gonna say, do you feel as though? I know it's kind of maybe like complex in a way, but do you feel as though to become the man that you are, you needed to see what a man wasn't through these two individuals? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You know, I think about the father I'll become because of the father I didn't have. Right. And that's something that's really powerful for me. And I, and I feel like most people can get that is, okay. but also most, some people can go the same direction that they were shown. Yes. And yes. it takes, and I find I've, and I've analyzed this and I've thought about this. I'm like, what's the difference between me finding a path and someone else not finding the path and following the path? You know, I found a new path on how I wanted to grow up as a man and be, and mm -hmm. from a very young age. And I think this has a lot to do with people's individual purpose and karmic purpose and their destiny in life yep. is if it's, if they had, like, I think everyone has a choice, but if, they are destined to go down a certain path to experience certain things. I don't think it can be avoided. And I feel like that's the difference. Whereas I had the yeah. choice and I took the option that felt best to me in that moment. And I right. think I was born with certain characteristics and certain qualities that most people are to yep. be able to fight for what they want instead of what they were given. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm so on board with that too, in terms of like the destiny and also the choice of free will and the one thing I remember studying in psychology, there's actually like a really great study. If I can remember the name, I'll send it to you, but it's this psychological study that was done with two brothers on the, the study of psychological resilience. And these two boys were raised by an alcoholic abusive father. One of them became homeless and an alcoholic and addict and just like that really self-destructive wounded path. Right. And the other brother um, went on to become like a businessman, CEO, like very, very wealthy um, and what one would determine as like a successful man, right? Whatever, whatever one I mean by that, we could talk about that and deep dive what mm -hmm. a successful man is later. But um, they were both interviewed by the psychologist and they were studied throughout their lives. And when they were asked, why are you the way that you are? Both of the brothers responded because of my father. Mm -hmm. And so what these studies showed in, in terms of emotions and behavioral upbringing, developmental psychology, is that there is a predestined um, biological wiring in the brain that is how resilient a person will be to particular traumas, which mm -hmm. is why something that is so traumatizing for one person is maybe easier or not traumatizing at all for another person to go through, which is why people with quote, the same life upbringing will have two very different circumstances. So like mm -hmm. you healing and then another person or your, your father figures and your, your stepfather not being able to do that healing. It's just that psychological resilience and the destiny that is kind of embedded into that. Does that make sense? Oh, so good. I love that. And it's very interesting based off what we're talking about too, is like some people have certain qualities and some people don't, right? Exactly. And you know, I think resilience is a really big conversation. It's funny that you bring resilience up because I kept hearing resilience before our call. And oh. so I think it's a huge conversation point that we need to have at some point, whether it's now or, or soon. But, yeah. you know, I find this in a lot of people who uh, experience trauma. So I feel like resilience is lacking in people that end, that stay in the boyhood and don't transition to the manhood. Okay resilience is one of those important qualities because one thing we know for sure is that you and I, we had different experiences where we were raised yeah. in different parts of the world, Yeah, but you and I experienced something similar. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so resilience is a way that we can deal with life. No matter yes. where we are in the world, it's something that we can all use to deal with life and that we can all adapt but some people do it, some people don't, depending on, you know, what's what's given, what's not, fair right. enough. But it's something that we can all learn at the very least. So how would one go about learning that, especially with men? Because I think I'm sitting here from, a you know, the woman's perspective of, you know, resilience is about me honoring my emotions, but, but becoming strong in my boundaries and confident in who I am. But 
and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe like the way I'm seeing it, but I, I feel like maybe for men, it's harder because you guys are taught that you don't have emotions and not to feel. And so, Mm -hmm. especially for men, how would you go about cultivating resilience with also not shutting out your emotions and kind of going like robotic emotionally? Yeah. And that's one thing we have to avoid is like trying to be a robot here, because sometimes when we talk about emotions, we're like, oh, we don't want them to affect us. It doesn't mean we want to be a robot here. We're a human being feel. It just means that the valleys and the the peaks aren't as huge. We want to be able to control them. We want to be able to regulate our emotions so they don't overtake us and take us to the top of the mountain and to the lowest of the lows, right? Right. But resiliency for females, I feel is very different for resiliency for males. Resiliency for females is more like when someone lets you down or someone breaks your heart or someone isn't giving you the neediness from that wounded feminine, if you're in that wounded feminine side. Right. Right. Being able to say, this isn't what I want in my life, to hold the standards and the values for your life, which you said boundaries. Resiliency is saying, okay, well, if it's not this guy, it's going to be another guy. And that resiliency is like that trust in a bigger, higher order order that's running through us all. Yes, absolutely. Yep, I'm with you. And so resiliency for a man can be more physical. It could be, yes, dealing with definitely with emotions. I think there's emotional resiliency, but with the men, it's also more like grit and physical resiliency because a masculine quality for a man is like the protector. It's a natural order of, of, I think a man in his masculine energy. He is like a protector. He is, he has like a foundation. He's the rock. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he's the rock is more valuable than anything else. It's not. Right. It's not about. It, it's not about a hierarchy of value here. Right. More around. He's a quality that he can have. And for the men listening, I think this is one of the things that we have to step learn to step into is how can we, you know, take care of what's ours. And that resiliency would be whatever comes knocking on that door, you hold it back, right? And that could yeah. be, that could be, um, debt. That could be bills. That could be losing a job. That could be, it's really about protecting the foundation. So resiliency might not necessarily just have to do with like dealing with the matters of the heart. It's mm-hmm. also dealing with the matters of the life of life. And I see this when I do a lot of like, I, I do a lot of person like rugby coaching outside of sport. Okay. Sorry, with sport outside of this. Right. Yeah. Life of mine. Yeah. And I come across a lot of boys. Mm. In our, and okay. They're young men in their 20s, but there's a level of maturity that isn't quite there yet. And I see a lack of resiliency in a couple of them. Okay. And it, and it shows up as a weakness. And one of the biggest things that I like, if you think about a like a person you want beside, like, let's think about this, okay? For the guys listening, we got to go to war. This is just, uh, this is an analogy that I think we could all relate to of, pastimes right we've got to go to war we've got to protect our village our country i think about my ancestors from new zealand used to protect their tribe and go to war against other tribes right and it was not only the men but the female did it too so it can be relatable to the to the to the feminine here as well but we used to have to run hundreds of kilometers because we didn't have horses we didn't have carts we didn't have none of that stuff we used to have to run from village to village over 100 kilometers with no roads, just through bush, nonstop. That's what, my That's what my ancestors used to do. That's nutty. Right. And I think about who do I want next to me in battle? Mm. I want someone who's got my back, who doesn't crumble under pressure. Right. Who can handle himself. Right. That's a resilient person. Yeah. And so when you look at a person on the field and I'm playing sport with, I want to make sure the person next to me has got me. And so for a boy, that's a learn, that's something that we've got to learn. And it's funny enough, what I've seen in just in a couple of examples is the people that haven't dealt with adversity haven't cultivated a level of resiliency. Okay. And I yeah, know this that makes sense. The example, and I won't go into too much detail, but I know specifically in the example is this this person came with a bit more money in life, came Mm -hmm. with a bit more ease, sort Mm -hmm. of get given things. And then what I've noticed is that person can't handle things like feedback from other people, words, criticism, Mm. you know, those those little things that can help you get better. They seem to not handle that. And it's just words. Right. When they 
injured, it's like the end of the world. Oh, that's an you interesting know? connection mm. between the words and then the physical body. That's that's interesting. Mm. So, you know, it's like thinking about what's big here is what well, you're talking about this conversation is like, how do we go from that boy to the man? Yeah. How do we start to recognize what qualities we need and what we don't need? And I know resiliency is one of those things, but one of the best things you've got to do for resiliency is you've got to put yourself in an arena that can test you. And you've got to make the, the challenge not personal. Okay. okay. I feel like, I feel like one of the biggest things that we do, and this is just men and women, is things become very personal. It's that victim mentality of like, why is this happening to me? Why are they doing that to me? Yeah. Perception. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, the thing with the victim mentality is we're all victims. Yeah. I mean, we live in the most chaotic fucking social structure that to ever exists on the planet as of right now. Right. Like, right. Yeah. And, and some absolutely. of us have more levels more more levels of adversity we have you know more levels of hard different levels of hardship but at some level we're all victims because we're on earth where we're subject to the conditions down here yes whether some people have more privilege than others it's okay okay and so the the victim mentality is choosing when the reason we make it a victim mentality and we get stuck in that victim mentality is because we choose to make it personal when Mm -hmm. it's just life and life is one of the most impersonal things ever Okay. When, when trauma happens, it's like, it happened. My dad didn't do that shit to me directly. He couldn't handle his own shit. It has nothing to do with me. Right. Right. He didn't wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm Mm going to abuse the people in my family. He woke up and thought I can't handle the shit going on inside me. I need an outlet. And honestly, he didn't even have that thought consciously. That was all subconscious. And it just manifested physically or in whatever exactly. way it came out and so here it sort of segues into another type another conversation here is what are some of the other qualities that we could have that you could experience if you were to step into being a man if you could mm-hmm. step into being more of a healthy masculine or a healed mass healed masculine if you call it that way right yeah from the wounded masculine to a healed, healed masculine I find there's along with resiliency, there's three other, there's three other characteristics that we need to step into. One is emotional intelligence. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> the love of God. Yes, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. A man who is aware of himself and can regulate his emotions is a man who is in control. Yeah. That's a, that honestly, like if I'm gonna set the bar low, that's just a man. That we're not yeah. setting the bar low, but like that's like that's the base. Okay. That's the base. Good standard. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, the next one is self-control. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah. Where are most men weak in their emotional control? Men who cannot regulate their emotions are weak men. Men who can withstand and control his emotions are strong men. I think about this with uh, Jordan Peterson. Okay. And he, yes. he talks about how, and I think we talked about this in our last podcast, he says, you should be a monster and then you should learn to control it. Yes. Yes. And you gave that example of, of uh, what was the example you gave in the last podcast? It was the, it was the men who, who shoot up the schools. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They are yeah. men who have taken life personally, mm-hmm. who can't tolerate their emotions yeah, and who can't contain themselves. Right. They, they outburst. That's not a fucking man. That's a little no. boy having a tantrum. Literally with weapons and an arsenal of things that they shouldn't have access to right and so the the example i think i said another quote to you is i'd rather be i would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war that that's what it was yes because a warrior in a garden knows how to like come out and be the warrior if someone like attacks the garden but a gardener in a battlefield is not going to know what the fuck to do (laughs) and this is martial arts okay that's martial arts. Martial arts talks about one of the most important qualities of, well, another expression of self-control, which is discipline. Right. Right. Yes, that's exactly. Yep. Right. Discipline yeah. to control your urges. Not everything right. needs to be acted on. Right. Some things just need to be observed and that's how we get better and better and better. And right. but yet most of us, when we have lack self-control, or we don't have discipline. We watch porn 24 mm-hmm. seven, right? Yeah. Flooding. Yeah 
flooding the um just releasing <laughs> releasing all the life force in you right yeah yeah. yeah. I, I think for people who are listening to you and who are like, what does that have to do with anything? The energy center, your sacral chakra, where you have your creative life force energy, your creativity, your connection with your inner child is also where you have your sexual urges and mm -hmm. sexual energy can be channeled in many ways, not just sexually. It can be creative. It could be disciplined as well. And just like observed, kind of like you're saying, and there's a lot of power that comes from I say controlling in a, in a light sense, but being disciplined with how you use your life force energy, because, you know, men could be out seeding thousands of children every single day. And that needs to be, you know, a little bit more tame. We're seeding the sock drawer instead. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so there is a life force in us when we go out there and we, and, and, we just like watch porn, we masturbate, we ejaculate, we do all that nonstop. That's the first area of self-control that we can control straight away. And it's going to be the hardest area, right? Because that we're dealing with shadow shit. And I'll, we'll talk about a little bit about shadow stuff in, in the sense of healing, but yeah, we got to control. We got to pull that back. We really got to like practice controlling ourselves in that area, right? But then if you think about it, there's also drugs, a lot of boys go and do drugs, party on the weekend with the boys, definitely been in that category. <laughs> Alcohol, just getting absolutely wasted and hammered, talking shit, doing stupid shit, getting in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fighting. We go out there and we're like, can't control our urges and we just go and fight. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's sex as well. Like that's another urge. Then there's emotional eating. That's another one. Yeah. Can't like, we don't want to we're playing games. We're just gaming. We're just addicted. We're like, there's all this, all this shit that we're just like numbing ourselves with and going out there. And it's just holding us in this mentality of the boyhood. Do you think that that's because boys aren't taught how to emotionally regulate because they're taught to be emotionless? Like, do you think that there's a connection with that? Because that's, that to me, it just sounds like a bunch of mind numbing. Like you're scared of, of knowing yourself and being within yourself. I feel like there's been no role models to understand them, to help teach these boys how to deal with their emotions. Agreed. But I don't think we're teaching us ourselves to avoid. There's no one teaching us to avoid them. We're just sort of slotting into a standard that's already there. Okay. And for a long period of time, let, let me tell you this, everyone who's listening, men and women feel emotions the same. Like we Absolutely. all have the same emotions. We're all scared. We're all worried. We're all angry. We all carry the same emotions. Okay. Yeah. And so when we go into war, we can't have that emotion because who went to war in those thousands of years ago? Men. Predominantly. Predominantly. Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah. Men. Now, what happens if you're in the battlefield, brother's next to me and he's crying? I need someone to help save me just like I'm doing for him. And so I think over time we've been right. in, existing in a system that had to be tough and that's completely okay. But now, thank God, we don't all have to go to war. Right. We don't all have to go through these processes. We are living in a world where we have different careers, different opportunities now, different experiences that we can live in. And so now we get this opportunity. It's more so now it's just a more acceptance for you to step into the new way. It's not right. like we have to reteach you. It's just like, hey, this is a way that you weren't shown. Right. And, but and, and they're not, they're not, it's not wrong that they had to bottle up their emotions. No. And I mean, I think if it weren't for that, I don't think we would be existing here. Right. I think that there's that component to acknowledge with men as well. Um, what do you think is the first step for men to step away from that more emotionally shut off energy into embracing that full spectrum of being allowed to be scared, being allowed to cry and starting to get more comfortable with the discomfort of those emotions? Yeah. You know, I think it's a lot of shadow work. Mm. Okay. Two what is shadow biggest, work? Two of the biggest areas of, uh, healing that's helped me go from being a boy to a man is the shadow and the inner child yeah the mm. inner child is i've got a little photo of me here right just like smiling 
um, and with my mum, like really happy. I was like mm. probably two or three. Adorable. And yeah, and that's my inner child. And that's a part of yes. me that along the way lost his smile and now has carries a heap of emotion in me. But then there's also shadow. The shadow is all the shit that you don't want people to see. It's the right. denied, the rejected, the suppressed parts of you that right. don't aren't allowed in society. And so in fear of rejection, mm-hmm. we bury it. And so we create this persona. This persona is what everyone likes. Right. And that's most of us can relate to this because it's like, well, sometimes you say and do shit that you do for the for the collective around you and not for yourself. And you realize, why did I did I really need to do that? Yes, agreed. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that I can, I'm sure, can relate to that. Mm-hmm. So the first part is starting to let that stuff from in your in your little dark bag of secrets come forward. Okay. Grab a couple things out. And I don't think you can do that unless you're in a space that allows that to come forward. So one of the biggest things that's helped me is men's circles. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. So there's, there's these like really powerful groups. I've done just men retreats where it's like this, but it's men's circles have been one of the best things for me. And it's just men helping other men let their shit out. Wow. And okay. Yeah. I used That's to do, beautiful. I did that. I probably started doing those maybe like five, six years ago, six, seven years ago. I was like in person with a, with a few mates and we would just get together and yeah. it was actually random people too, but yeah, we'd just meet up for a coffee and then we'd all go around and we'd share, we'd just share what's going on with us. And okay. the other guys would just listen. You wouldn't give advice. You wouldn't do anything. You just listen and you'd yeah. go, thanks, man. Yeah, and it was a space for us to be heard in a non-judgmental way. Oh, I and love that. It was really powerful. I will say one thing to that though: there is a space in spirituality, and where I haven't resonated with in like spiritual groups with masculinity, where it's softening us. I think there is mm. a really big need for us to touch our emotions and go into our emotions and express our emotions and be comfortable yep. with emotions yep. so we can regulate and go back to our natural ability of okay. being sector, of being the foundation, of being the rock. Right. Okay. When we're stuck in the in that side of spirituality, we can actually go and lose our masculinity into more of a feminine nature. Right. Right. And that happened to me. Okay where it was like sport is just ego um lifting weights is just okay yeah i how i refer to this and maybe it's controversial maybe how i refer to it i call it like the fake woke where yeah. it's people who feel like the natural parts of the human experience like weightlifting and maybe the more traditional masculine feminine roles, which I personally don't attribute to people's like sex or gender. Personally, I think it's, it's however you want to identify. I don't want to get too much into that. Um, But I feel like when people, when, when some people go on a spiritual journey, they feel like every single part of their life has to be very woo woo and very like, Oh, if it doesn't have to do with tarot cards or like channeling my higher self or doing shadow work, then I don't want anything to do with it. And I feel like in terms of the conversation we're having with men, it would be it would be about neglecting the fact that you're having a human experience and have a, a very uh, particular role here as a man um, on the planet, just like women have a very particular role here. So I don't know if that's controversial yeah. for my opinion, but that's oh, I agree. I, that's I my part on it. <laughs> I totally resonate with that. And it's yeah, that that was one of the things that I had to really learn about myself and step out of was like, because I was getting sucked into this. I wouldn't say I'm getting sucked in by anyone into some sort of trap, but I was losing what I was here to be. I was right. losing touch with who I am right. because I thought of this identity was like much more. And I realized one of the big things why men find spirituality. Cause I did it. I did this interview on my podcast. I interviewed, I, I was seeking to interview a hundred men on their journey. A hundred woke men. It was called woke man. Yeah. Um, I only interviewed 72, so I did a pretty good job. Yeah, you did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, I did a pretty good job. Yeah, and I asked them a series of questions, and my idea, the idea was to collect data and okay. use that information. I know that every single one of those men who had found, who had gone through their own awakening and healing had battled with a vice. 
those vices were uh, alcohol, drugs, sex, predominantly. And then it was seeking a validation or some sort of seeking, seeking from something. Right. And so when we uh, think about that journey, we all have to go into like an emotion. We've all got that yeah. emotion. So we all have to overcome that. Yep. But then I was talking about, you know, all of those men had to go and do some sort of healing around their parents. Absolutely. Everyone has to heal around their parents. My God, we love them. They did their best, but shit, man. Parents and society. They're the two areas that we probably have to heal from. Society Absolutely. gives us these expectations that we can't fit into and we create this big shadow. Yep. And, and parents give us all this inner child complex shit that we have to go through and, and, and heal. And reinforce society onto us because they were programmed by society. It's the loop that we all need to heal as humans. Absolutely. It's the loop. It's the loop. But one thing I realized was people, most of these men found spirituality on their healing journey. Mm -hmm. But I realized what people are really looking for in their healing journey and spirituality is love. And it comes from mm -hmm. that Chills. divine love. Yeah. That's all we're looking for. That's why men find spirituality. And I think what we can do in spirituality is understand that that love is always there, but we don't have to soften to it. Okay. Can you, can you explain that? Like you can accept the love and be in the love. What do you mean by not softening to it? softening in the sense of losing your masculine masculinity losing your strength because right. i feel like when we associate something with like boys receiving love it means that we're being held and nurtured and so then that sort of feels like the right thing to mm -hmm. soften into it and receive it when mm -hmm. we receive love which is a feminine quality but in the masculine yeah. side of things we are supposed to be the protector of of all of our people that we do love and mm -hmm. so we need to remember that love is also a protector like it's also given and received yes it's both yeah it's both and so if we're softening into receiving this love from our you know the universe our guides jesus whatever you are mm -hmm. finding that spiritual love coming from we just feel that in our hearts we carry it in our hearts but we also remember the innate qualities of who we're here to be and this is a very opinionated thing and i'm saying sure. this because this is what's transformed my life and how i find it from a non i guess um i'm not tr i'm not trying to be like this is the only way this is just the way that's worked for me based on my experience and i've Absolutely. found it resonating with a lot of people right and i'm uh, sure it's it I, un I understand what you're saying. Um, I think that there's, it's like the semantics of it. It's like, because whenever, from the studies that I've done and the work that I do from, and I work with men as well, is you do need to drop into the feminine to do that healing so that when you reemerge, you come into this healed masculine energy that knows how, like you're saying, to control himself and to protect and to, uh, this is not the right wording. I don't want to say to be a man. Mm. Because I feel like that comes with these like harmful yeah, what, definitions of society. When we say when we say be a man, you you there's something that you're thinking of when you say it. What are you thinking of? So for me, when I think of be a man, and I think of like my future partner, I think of like of a of a partner who can who can be in touch with his emotions, and when he needs to like have that breakdown, he feels safe within the container for me to be in that masculine. But ninety percent of the time he is, he's, he's got it. Like, I don't want to say he's got it together, but he, he feels like he can regulate himself and work through it himself and protect the household and, and, and create that structure both emotionally and physically for mm -hmm. the container of himself, myself, the relationship that to me is yeah. like that man architect. Does that make any sense? A hundred percent. So, you know, emotions are masculine and feminine. They Anger are. is very masculine energy. Um, sadness can be a very feminine energy like softness yeah. yeah and so some some emotions are really hard and aggressive and some are really soft and slow yeah and so we have to remember that just by feeling our emotions we're both in the masculine and the feminine and i think all men yes. have touched can touch both right yes. it depends on finding our majority our, what's our majority like standpoint and i think for men it's more of that masculine for women it's more of that feminine but with times like when you're giving birth and <laughs> you're in the masculine girl like you're pushing you're 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 yep. doing, work. doing the work <laughs> you're doing the work right like yeah. you're pushing you're in pain you're persisting you're you're going you're resilient it's very masculine yeah. but then there's times after that where it's like i'm soft and i'm here with my baby and i'm supporting and i'm loving yes and it's 
it's it's the ability for the masculine, the healed man to be able to go between the two. I don't want to say effortlessly because I think it just takes work generally and until you get comfortable with it. But to in that moment, you know, giving birth for him to be very soft and to be very fluid and flowing, but also with a flip of a switch, the minute I feel like giving up, being able to be that man who gives me that discipline, that structure says, Oh no, 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 no. You keep pushing. Like our baby's almost here. You know what I mean? Like it's, Mm. it's that, that very delicate back and forth balance between the energies. And I feel like that to me is like that definition of, of manhood. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the process to getting to manhood is a beautiful one. The process I find there's two things that you're really going to want to look at. That is your shadow and that is your inner child. The inner child is the reason why boys are still boys. It's yes. because there's an unprocessed boy within them. And right. they're the ones that joke and talk shit. They're the ones that fight because they're the they're the two-year-old that's still having a tantrum inside. Right. They're the two-year-old that wasn't given, or they're the they're the eight-year-old that wasn't picked up from soccer on Saturday. Right. right. Yeah. So these these little boys are what's acting out in today's society. And so what we've got to do is just come back and give ourselves that love that we needed. And it really comes back to three things. To heal that inner child, it comes back to being heard, to be being seen and being loved. And if we can be that person or find a container that can give us that, and sometimes that's through a therapist, sometimes that's through a men's group, sometimes that's through your partner or a friend or a mate or yourself, just giving yourself that, that, that attention. Absolutely. And that's going to change everything in your actions, in your behavior and how you show up. It might not happen overnight, but it'll happen over years. And I think about my relationship with Danielle, five years. And I feel like this is the year that I can call myself a man. Not last year. Oh, and she has like been by her side, helping you grow, watching you grow, supporting it. Beautiful. Yeah. Four that's- years, four years. You know, I, I did one of the biggest things for guys is, because we want to, I think we talked about this. It's like, you gotta, you gotta commit to your girl, man. Like mm-hmm. you gotta fucking commit to them. Stop going mm-hmm. around, sleeping around with all these girls. It's not going to do you any favors. It's not going to get you that extra love that you need. It's not going to get you that extra validation you need. No, You need to come down to finding love in you. Yeah. Right. So self-love and partnership. Yeah. And then committing to that girl. And then she's going to give you all the trials and tribulations. Don't look for the perfect girl. Look for the girl that you really, truly know that you can be with, but it takes work. She's going to take work. What do you think are indicators for men to be aware of when, like to know that they've, they've, they've encountered that person for themselves? Like what are some qualities that are, because you know, when we say that's going to challenge you, we also don't mean toxicity and like abuse and taking shit. Um mm. It, it has to be healthy. So what are some of those qualities of knowing that mm. it's your person? Well, I'll talk from my experience. I've been in a few different relationships and the one that I finally chosen was mm. the one that was aligned in so many ways, but ticked me off in so many others. <laughs> yep. Opportunities was, for growth. <laughs> yeah. And it was like so many of the core values have to be there. And so many of like your vision has to be, it's going to change over time, but your vision has to be aligned in so many ways. I would say mm-hmm. like 75% has right. to be, you don't always want to be a hundred percent because 25% of the difference helps you grow and change and see different perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. You get bored dating yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's the minor stuff. That's the, that's the major stuff. The minor stuff you have to make uh, that, that will be different is like, you know, maybe your style might be a little bit different or mm-hmm. maybe the things that you, your hobbies might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Those things are okay. But both of you should be able to live and laugh together pretty well. If yeah. it's like chaotic from the get-go or like there's things that really bug you and that person isn't willing to work on them, that's probably not going to change. Right. I think as you enter both parties, still have to find this humility within them to want to be able to support and change for the other person. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's a very important part of my relationship now was I, one, was willing to see myself. Two, she was willing to see herself, but we we're both willing to see our, each other in, our, in ourselves 
and then also change those parts of us to help the relationship flourish because I'm one person, she's the other person. The relationship is a whole nother entity in itself. Yes. Yep. Yep. So that's what I would say to that. I love that self-awareness, self-responsibility and a willingness to grow individually and together. Yes. You know, it's a, it's a big one. Um, There was something else I was going to talk about. I was talking about being a monster. And yeah. I feel like this is a really good one to talk about for men. Yeah, let's do it. There's got to you got to turn into a bit of a savage. I feel Explain. like Explain, talk about it. <laughs> you've got to turn into a bit of a savage. And at, you know, um there's a couple of things here I want to go into. But a man is traditionally the leader. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the way going forward, no. right? I think both parties need to be, that's the rise of the feminine. The rise of the feminine is because of years of oppression of that, of, yeah. of the power. And yeah. so as that female is respected and honored, which she has to be, and that's the reason why you have to be a savage is because you have to honor and protect her and Ooh, protect other who people. she and protect what, yeah, and life and just protect what she does in this world. Because yeah. if you think about Without her, this doesn't keep going. None, none of this goes forward. Right, right. None right. of it. Yeah. The there isn't that level of receivership in the house. There isn't that level of love and nurture in the house. Right. Right. There isn't um, life being reproduced, which is one of the most incredible things. Mm-hmm. And if you can truly value that, 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 that in your lady, you will become who you need to become to make sure that she is safe. And I think about that from my own experience with my father figures, they weren't like that. Yeah. They didn't value females. They didn't value the women. They beat, they beat, they beat the feminine. They controlled the feminine. They oppressed the feminine. They manipulated the feminine. That's not a man. That's weak. That's a weak little boy. Mm-hmm. Who's suppressing right. his own feminine within, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Who's dealing with their own shit. So what you need to become is a savage and not use it. Contain yourself. Control it. So yeah. that if anything, if any shit hits the fan, the first person who's going to be at the front of the, uh, the at, in the front line is you. And right. you're going to trust yourself. You're not... You're not like questioning yourself. You're not doubting yourself. You have to be fucking certain of yourself. So you have to do that work on yourself to make mm-hmm. sure that you're ready to go onto the front line, even though it's never probably going to come. Yeah. You're going to be ready to get onto the front line. And not only that, your family trusts you. The lady trusts you. The feminine trusts you. And that's ultimate freedom for a man. It's when you're respected and trusted. I love that. And it's also what allows us as women to drop into our softness in a relationship and not feel like we have to lead and do everything, which is a sweet fucking relief for women in positions of power. Let me tell you. It's funny. It's like, and the women that are like that are mothers to their partners. What do you mean? So the women who are, who haven't, who haven't got that masculine structure around them end up becoming, who are dating boys end up becoming mothers to their partners. Oh my God. Yeah. Take care of them. They need to contain them. They need to always check on them. They need to like control them. I saw like so, and you see it in so many like reality TV shows or yeah. just one show I was watching where this girl was like getting fed up with her partner because all he wanted to do was like get drunk with the boys and go and fight. And he was getting in trouble with police. And all she wanted to do was become a detective in the police force. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they wouldn't allow her because her partner had a criminal record. Oh. And so he actions held back his female, his lady, his woman from her goals. Oh, yeah. That's boyhood. It's boyhood. And it's also calling her as the female to raise her standards, keep them there and not settle for a boy when she should be with a man. That's it. And that's that, that's that resiliency is like, I'm okay by myself right now. And there's periods of time when the female won't have someone to protect her. And so she's got to create that resiliency and that step into that masculine just for a little bit to protect herself. Yes. And when she's ready, when she's done that and the man comes, the man, not the boy, because mm-hmm. she knows he's coming because she's got standards mm-hmm. based on what hasn't happened before and what she knows she wants after listening to our beautiful podcast. She knows what a man looks like now. <laughs> and drop into a feminine. And when she yes. drops into feminine, the relationship is just like this beautiful 
connection. It's it, something. It will flourish. And if you guys want to know more about that, the episode with Luca and his fiance Danielle, um, who you guys have heard before, is already out on the podcast. So I recommend really going and listening to that because they have a plethora of wisdom and knowledge with this. Um, Luca, what would you what would you recommend for men who maybe feel isolated on their journey of going from boyhood to manhood they don't feel like maybe they're surrounded by boys themselves right like they're surrounded by adult men who are boys who they can't have these men's circles with and maybe they're the men in their family they can't drop into that moment of feeling and express it and share it and be supported what would you recommend to the men who are maybe more alone on this part of their journey i don't think we're never really alone because we've got the world of the online world Ooh. Okay. You know, I th- we're not really alone. And so if we can, if, if we have, if we, if we start to think about this, right. Okay. The question is, how do I get around more men? If I can't be around them in person, how do I, how do I do that? I feel alone when you're stepping into your, when you're fully in this healthy masculine, you're a resourceful motherfucker. Mm. You get shit done. You yeah. make it happen, right? Yeah. You, you, you step up. You're proactive. You get it done. Absolutely. So get online and figure it out. Okay. Now, I was like, I have these two sides to me. I'm a therapist. I, I work okay. with a lot of women too. Okay. I can hold you. I can hold you. I'm here. And there's another side which works with men, which is like men got to act differently with men. We can, There's a time to hold them, but then there's okay. a time to put them. Okay. So I was, this is comes full circle back to how we started this conversation, Mads, which was with my grandfather who was super disciplined. Right. He said, no, he said, no stopping. He was at the ultimate end of the scale. He was right. a good man. Mm-hmm. Right. And what does it mean to be a good man? That's another, that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole other question. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good yeah. man. And he taught me something very valuable. Just get it done. Okay. And I think one of the big things for um, men is they just get it done. Mm-hmm. They doesn't mean they suppress their emotions and their fears. They honor that. They feel that they're like, okay, I'm scared. I'm a little bit overwhelmed, but I trust myself. I'm going to get it done because I'm not mm. doing this myself. I'm doing this for the people around me, the people that I might inspire, my lady, my children, my family, yeah. right? Because you start finding your way through the boys around you, coming back to your original question, the boys yeah. around you aren't in that, that creating that don't have that, aren't in that environment that you want to, to become a man now seek your guidance because you took the lead. right you become the leader you become the leader so if the people are out there there's any guys out there now thinking i don't know where i could get that well you're listening to this podcast you're one message away from me how do i mm-hmm. get to a men's group how do mm-hmm. i how do i get into healing you're one question away you're one youtube search away you can figure it out we're not alone as we used to be there's not right. like we don't have to go to the library and rent a um, <laughs> seriously yeah get on your phone and figure it out and it's one of the biggest things that's like i'll tell you something a bit on my personal side right so i've got so many different sides um but there's a part of me that hates stupidity and it's a trigger for me okay (laughs) and inefficiencies right and so this was sort of my last my past life i was like uh i had to manage these huge big big projects like multi-million dollar projects okay and have a team of guys but i hated stupidity and inefficiencies okay now i'm not saying people are stupid but they don't think a lot (laughs) but i kind of am no (laughs) but i don't think it's that people are inherently stupid i think it's that people don't dare to one ask questions that they like to ask or would be intrigued to ask and two they don't think that they are capable of figuring things out on their own Amen. And it's more about a confidence thing. And I think that's yes. what really is. It's about giving people the power to know you can figure this out. And that's one thing. Like if I think about the opposite end of the scale, it's like, okay, well, I don't like stupidity. I'd be like, that's stupid. But sometimes it's not <laughs> like that would be an unhealthy, that would be an unhealthy way of dealing with something. That would not be a yeah. leader, leader's way of doing something. And that's how I would yeah. have done it. Right. And now, like, okay, how can I empower someone to go and find the, find the answer for themselves? trust mm-hmm. in themselves that they've got the resources, especially as a man, that you are quite resourceful, but just have the resiliency to persist through it. Even if you don't have the answers right now, even if you feel like you're alone right now, just have the resiliency to push through it. Know that your emotions only temporary. It doesn't last a lifetime and that mm-hmm. it doesn't, 
It doesn't stop you and inhibit you or mean anything about you. You got this. So it's like, find your answers and don't stop until you get it. And that's a masculine quality. It's like, yeah, no, I'm driven. I'm going, I'm going after it and I'm getting it. And I tell you right now, if you're a boy and you're going through that process, you will, you will start to, you'll start to feel what it feels like to be a man. I work with a guy. I work with a guy in New Zealand. He's actually a friend of mine. He runs multi-million dollar company. He came to me. I went to New Zealand and he's like, God sent me to God sent you to me. And he's not a really, we grew up from, we grew up in a small country town together. Okay. And he was God the creator, whatever he, you know, he's ended up going down a bit more of a spiritual path too, which is great. Mm -hmm. And he goes, someone sent you to me because we sat down for three hours. I, I hung out with him for a bit of time, but I said to him, I said, look, man, I'm happy to do a session with you. Let's just do a session. And we sat mm -hmm. down in his office. We had two whiteboards full of all his shit. He was in boyhood. He was ready to give up. He was weak and he's running a multi-million dollar company and I said it to him direct and straight. And I said, mate, you are fucking weak. Oh, you are fucking weak. And this is some, one of the power, like when it comes to working with men, it's so much, it's, it's so like powerful for me as well, Absolutely. especially seeking your, your, your guidance. And I gave him areas to step up and I said, your family needs you. Mm -hmm. You're complaining about it. And then, after I gave him the direction, I went, went all the way down to his little boy. We looked at his little boy. We looked at all the shit that, that one of the other qualities I didn't say was integrity for men. Yeah. So control and emotional intelligence, integrity. Yeah. And I said, say this, you do that. And I wrote all the things that he says up on the board. And I said, this is all the things that you do. These all disconnect. Okay. And I said, you need to start making these connect. If you say something, you do it and you follow through. And within two weeks, he was like roaring like a fucking lion. I love it. Oh. It's actually like a really, and now even to this, like to this day, like he messaged me this morning and he's going incredible. And I think sometimes we lose ourselves on the journey. And yeah. sometimes we need just that space to see ourselves, to feel ourselves. It's okay. But also sometimes we just need a fucking push and a slap in the face. Right. Right. And it's about knowing and, like what you need and when you need it and how to get it and getting it for yourself. And someone who's, and this is from me having my own emotional awareness and intelligence is like, I know when someone needs to be hugged and I know yeah. when someone needs to be pushed. Yeah. And I feel like it's important for men to know that too, of like, it, this is a moment where I need like nurturing from whomever. And this is also when I need to like, pull my boots on, strap them up and fucking warrior that shit within myself. Yeah. So it's like, go chop some wood or go yeah. and cry on your pillow. Whichever one you need. <laughs> Whichever one you need. They're and, both you know, okay. <laughs> both okay. 1000%. You know how many times I've cried? So fucking many times. In fact, it wasn't not long ago. I had a, I was doing some inner child work and it just, it just sprung up on me. And I was like, really sad. I was crying because I didn't have a dad. Yeah. And it was the, First time in years that I've cried about that. I was crying because I didn't have a dad. And I think sometimes we actually just have to cry. And then you know what? I went there and I told Danielle, I'm like, damn, I just had a good cry. And she's like, oh, really? She held me. And I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't embarrassed about it. I'm totally you okay. Like, you shouldn't be embarrassed about it. You're a human, right? Like, yeah. And I think I think that's the thing that men need to recognize too. Like, it is okay. Like, no one, and I think at this, at least at this point in, in life, and I think any evolved woman or partner will say like, like, we're not going to shame you for crying. Like if anything, we want to see that part of you to see that you're in touch with your humanism almost, you know? Absolutely. And you are human. You've got emotions. And I think that's the part where we're coming back out of that unhealth, like healing that wounded masculine of control and suppression. Cause it's just that little boy who's crying, who's dictating all those unhealthy actions yeah taking your life he just needs to let out these emotions so he stops like being a uh, a narcissistic person because all he is doing is trying to be seen in the spotlight because he deeply feels unseen himself that's little boy mentality so yeah. we need to find a balance of soft soft healing approaches and hard healing approaches yeah, yeah. as a man i feel and discipline is one of those big things and i think one of the things that I gave my previous client was, you know, a couple of things to help him 
we you know we did we did some emotional work we did he did breath work to release his emotions and to cry mm-hmm. we did hypnosis so that was like a bit more of a softer approach yeah. but then we also um i told him mate you need to stop watching porn and you and you need to stop ejaculating yeah. and the relationship between him and his partner she couldn't get enough of him he said mate i don't know what you've done <laughs> over me yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You look at that is because he's starting to exercise self-control. He's starting to embody integrity. Mm-hmm. He's starting to become aware of his emotions mm-hmm. and not losing himself in them. And that is fucking attractive. Yeah. Attractive. You agree? Abs- yeah, absolutely. As as a woman, I I don't want a man who who wants all the women or who gets all the women or who wants the attention or the release around all the women. If you can control that and save that for me as your partner, whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you want. It's yours. It's yours. (laughs) Done. No questions asked. Literally, literally none. Uh, So I get that. And yeah, I completely understand where his partner is coming from. I get that entirely. Oh, and yeah. And that was like a really magical experience, but it was discipline. He had to, he had to, he had to exercise then he started jumping in cold showers then he started exercising he started to get and all of that shit starts to change your emotions over time it does because you have that confidence that empowerment and then you feel strong as a man and you show up as that protector and you're connected with yourself 100 percent um yeah is there anything else we were going to talk about we've talked about so much today we we talked about so much i think the only other question i would have is what are some of those most common you talk about with your your male clients of like going back to that little boy what are the common wounds that the the man's little boy within has like what do their inner child struggle with the most yeah i well I, like i said before it comes back to three things and it can be different for everyone uh not being heard not being seen and not being loved so if you're okay. a person like that grew up in foster homes and mm-hmm. you're abused like that's a lack of being loved right right you're you're a second child and you know you weren't impressing your dad as much as your older sibling was that's Mm -hmm. a lack of being seen if you know you were always wanting to do certain things as a kid or talk like have these ideas and being creative Mm -hmm. and playful but always being told off for that that's a lack of being heard Right. right or if you were ignored by your parent and i've certainly got memories where you know especially from a younger age i've got memories where like my dad ignored me and right. that, that you might not think about it as much, but in the unconscious, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's an abandonment and a rejection wound for sure. And all from all of those things is yeah, it's a feeling of abandonment, it's a feeling of rejection, um, and and they they create these sort of counteractions from that. They spring mm-hmm. up these different little seeds and plants, and they manifest in certain behaviors, and those behaviors are oppression narcissism Mm -hmm. um addiction right and so if you're you're all just symptoms if you find okay well you know i'm always controlling or i'm dominant and or i'm impressive or i'm argumentative or i'm also i'm like very defensive these are all symptoms and i've seen a lot of boys with all of those different qualities they're all symptoms of just the inner child that just needs to be loved and realize hey you don't need to raise your voice here because right. I see you. I hear you. Right. I need oh, to that defend. Makes sense. You don't need to defend yourself here because I love you. I got right. you. Because right. if they defend themselves, they're trying to say, no, 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 I'm right. I'm right. And then if you're right, you're accepted because mm. they were, they felt like they were wrong for so right. long. They right. defend. Themselves. So it's really, it's like so simple if you see it, but you really just come back to what's your actions in the present. Right. What do you like your pattern is that you don't like? And yep. you can try and back to a certain feeling that you've had yes. experience that you had growing up. Yeah. And if you can connect that, which it's very easy to, right? Goodbye. I think that that is just, I think that's everything that everyone needs to hear, but the men especially who are listening to this, because I think that's actionable for them. You know? yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I feel for my brothers out there because it's, um, this work isn't as popular. You know, I've had heaps of videos on social media go 
viral recently and lots of women because we do me and my partner do women's retreats yeah lots of women were you know connecting with these videos but then lots of men were like hey what about us oh that breaks my heart it's true there's a there's a gap there's a there's a gap that needs to be filled in in this work which is why the series on my podcast is happening because I see it I've engaged with men who are saying hey like how do I do this as a man and I was like great question let me let me speak to people (laughs) so that's hello here you are Um, so I I know at some point in the next this is a crazy next six months for the next three months for me but uh looking at doing some sort of online men's group oh that would be amazing um and then eventually probably a men's retreat so for those guys listening just you know go and follow me on instagram or connect and make sure we can get you in there yeah absolutely i will leave all of your links below um, so yeah, definitely guys, if you're, you're hearing this and you're inspired by Luca and you want to get into his orbit, into his world, into his work, um, go and check him out and stay tuned for that. Cause I think that's going to be very powerful that I've got little goosebumps in my spine about that. I feel like you're onto something here for sure. I like that. I like um, that. <laughs> amazing. Is there anything else that you want the listeners to, to know, to hear any last final words of wisdom? Hey, there were so many good words in there that we had. There, there really were. <laughs> yeah. Tangents. I feel like it probably didn't follow like an orthodox, you know, a traditional sequence, but we had some good conversations there. I, you know, I would just say if, if you're a man out there right now and like you're, you're someone out there that really is wanting to heal that part of you, that masculine part of you, mm-hmm. find that outlet, find that place. Um, one of the big things that I think I recommend to all guys is to go and read the book, Way of the Superior Man really powerful really active the way of a superior man read it it's deep it's beautiful it's supportive and it's going to activate you into understanding what it means to be a man i think it's really good i will make sure to link that below in the show notes so guys you can go check it out there luca thank you so much this was such a beautiful conversation very eye-opening for me and i'm sure for everyone listening so thank you so much you're welcome thanks Matt. thanks for having me Absolutely. And for everyone listening, as usual, go be your divine self this week. You got this. I love you.